Hallelujah. Down in Bethlehem. Bethlehem, Euphrata. Thou art least among all of the cities of Judah. Little city of bread is what it meant. That's all they were known for. They were, they were like Sefner, Mango, Dover, <laughs> Six Mile Creek. They were not known for anything. In fact, everything he did when he came was a rebuke to what the world system prioritizes. The King of glory, God in flesh, born in the least of places. The angel's message was to who? To the shepherds on the scale and the strata of culture and society. They were at the bottom. They were not just blue-collar workers. They were stinky guys. They stayed with the sheep out in the to take them out and into pasture they didn't bathe often they weren't off on sunday they didn't go to temple they and who did he come to the poorest of the poor who was he born to a, who's going to raise this helpless child but a but a <laughs> a carpenter and a teenage girl god condescended to come down a manger, he's a manger. All oh, the mangers now, they're kind of neat. You know, they're pretty and the baby is pristine and, and, but the manger meant a feed trough. And many times they were, some were wood and some were stone and they just dumped the food and the animals came and they ate the food that had been dumped on it. It was stinky, flies the whole nine yards. And somehow or another, they probably took hay and spread it out on that feed trough. And there he lay. There he lay, who is to be ruler in Israel's king of glory. There he lay in the, in the, in the most. And God chose that. He chose that. He chose, Bible scholars tell us, temple shepherds. Not just any shepherds, but the shepherds. Because they wouldn't have been in the field in winter, and I, I don't know what time of year. That's not the point. The point is, thank God He came. <laughs> Hallelujah, Amen. But but it could have been because these were not shepherds that normally didn't take their sheep out and in in the in winter, the dead of a cold winter. These were temple shepherds who were watching over the lambs to be offered as sacrifice. God is a God of detail. Jesus was going to become what? The Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. And so the, the shepherds that are keeping lambs to be sacrificed, the sacrificial system's going on. They're in the fields and He comes to them. He goes to Bethlehem where the bread of life is going to be born in a city of bread. What, as Papa would say, what a coinkadink. It isn't a coinkadink. It wasn't a coincidental. Nothing God does is coincidental. It all is with purpose. And I'm going to tell you something. Jesus wasn't an afterthought. He, he didn't just show up in Bethlehem. Amen. The Bible said that He is the Lamb that was slain not just at Calvary as a result of coming to Bethlehem and going to the cross, but He is the Lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. That's an incredible statement. You have to chew on that for a while. Amen. Before you try to swallow it. God knew in His divine foreknowledge, His omniscience, all-knowing, if I give man a free will, and I'm going to, he could make some bad decisions. How many have ever made a bad decision? 
<laughs> okay, uh, you know, we're 100% today. <laughs> how, how many have repented of that bad decision and asked God for grace and forgiveness? He could make it. Did they make a bad? Yeah, they did. God had a safety net ready in case he did. In case he did. Hallelujah. And thank God for grace. <laughs> my, my uncle married a little spindly lady. I mean, she was slender. You heard of Boney Maroney back in the 50s, the song? You know, skinny as macaroni? That was my Aunt Grace. Till they were married about five years and started pastoring. Every house you go to, they fix something for you. <laughs> Amen. You fix me cake, right? The, it wasn't devil's food. I only eat angel food cake. But anyway, no, it was red velvet. Oh, Lord. And there's some banana bread back there, fresh baked. Oh, I smelled of it and gained three pounds. God is good today. I'm excited. This is Christmas. This is Christmas. Jesus came. And the lowest of the low is who he began to reveal himself to. Amen. Because he came and condescended to lay helpless in the manger. So he could go to a cross and hang seemingly helpless on the cross. When he became sin who knew no sin, who never sinned, in order to take our punishment, to be treated as a sinner... He cried, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He died not in some impunity and imperviousness to the pain and the shame of it. He died as a sinner would die. Completely separated and lost before the Lord. He knows what it feels like and that's why he stayed on the cross because he didn't want anyone to experience that God forsaken death. He wanted everyone to have the consolation. We're not like others who have no hope. Praise God. And I'm glad he condescended to come and lay in the manger and I'm glad he condescended and decided to stay on the cross until he could cry. It is finished. It is accomplished. In the financial term of that, paid in full. Praise God. Let's worship Him for that today. Hallelujah. Can we trans? You can be seated for a few moments. And we're glad you made it through all the craziness of this time of year. Hallelujah. Amen. Little girl said, whose birthday is it anyway? Amen. When people didn't show up to church. <laughs> so we're glad you came today. Praise God. We're changing over to a, a song that we can sing together before we just have some good fellowship. And you can get on with all the responsibilities and things that occur that we just can't get out of. Sometimes I want to just pull aside from all the appointments and, and responsibilities and just spend quiet time in the presence of the Lord. There's a scripture in Isaiah that says, In quietness and confidence shall be your strength. The confidence is our faith in God, making Him our source. But that, be still and know that I am God. Don't panic. Someone said, if, 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 you, if, 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 if you don't panic, you don't understand the situation. <laughs> Amen. 
There's all kinds of things that can occur to get us to to react in fear instead of simply to rest in faith. And the whole point of Christmas is so we could rest in the full assurance that we are saved by the shed blood of Jesus Christ and that now the Heavenly Father, God, the God of creation is our Heavenly Father, not the force in the universe, but our Father. Amen. And the Bible teaches us heretofore, Jesus said, you've asked the Father nothing in my name. I want you to start asking, ask that you might receive so that your joy might be full. For the Father Himself loveth you. The Father Himself loveth you. That's why He came is because the Father sent Him and He acquiesced to say, Not my will, but Thine will be done in the garden. I'm forever grateful for what He's done for me. My my phone, I don't know how your cell how many's got a cell phone? Amen. I had a beeper for years. I go way back. Prior to a beeper, I was I, my beeper would go off and I'd start looking for a phone booth. You know, so I could return the call on the beeper because I didn't have a I remember the first phone I had in my car, it was a big old thing. They had to install it so I could kind of keep keep up with the times. My phone starts dinging early with prayer requests many times. Before I want to get up, my phone is dinging, and I know there's a text coming in, and, and ultimately the majority of them, and this morning was no different, there was a text coming in for prayer. Someone had had a, a procedure and was in pain and wanting prayer. And it goes to a whole bunch of people, to a whole bunch of us. It happened to be the president uh, director of all pro pastors that has nothing to do with professionalism has everything to do with with uh, balancing family and our personal spiritual life and our ministries that's the kind of a pro it's talking about uh, you have to be called to do that effectively anyway the phone starts dinging and ultimately it's prayer request and I always pray in intercession and I praying now not later not sometime in the future but right here right now because God is a right here right now God Emmanuel God with us praise God hallelujah Psalm 46 puts it this way that God is our refuge and our strength and ever present in the Hebrew it says very present he's very present because he's ever present he's here today he's here not aloof in his heaven where two or more gather in my name where is he in proximity he says I'm in the midst of them I'm right here right now what's he here to do to to show us his glory to manifest his presence to help us to 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 enter into a kingdom that's entirely different from the kingdoms of man and the kingdoms of this world, to become acutely aware of His kingdom. Praise God. And He's here to answer prayer when we pray. He's here to do that. Where two or more of you are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. And if two of you on earth shall agree... On anything they shall ask, it shall be given them of my Father which is in heaven. He's here as our high priest. Praise God. Hallelujah. And I'm so glad we can worship him and know he's right here to receive it. Pastor of the largest Assembly of God affiliated church in the world. 
years ago was Paul Yonggi Cho. He pastored the People's Church in Seoul, Korea. I heard him speak in Winter Haven, as a matter of fact. He said 50,000 people come in the dead of winter. They have Their, their sanctuary can hold only 10,000. And so they had five services on Sunday. He preached five times on Sunday. And he said there is a chair that he put out. There's three chairs, one for the pastor, one for if there's a guest speaker, and one, he said, no one sits in. He said if Billy Graham come, he couldn't sit in that chair. No matter who come, he can't sit in that chair. I don't sit in that chair. It stays empty. He said, that's for Holy Spirit. He said, because if Holy Spirit don't show up, <laughs> he said, he said, we're not going to have a service where people are going to be saved and set free and delivered and healed. And he said, it's to remind me. And he pastor of a church of 50,000 people every single Sunday. And he said, without Holy Spirit, he said, I was a farmer. And I only thing I could do is grow and hoe vegetables. That's my that's my qualifications to be standing before this many people sharing the gospel. But he was dying of tuberculosis back when they didn't have all of the medicines they have now to try to treat that. And they'd given him up to die. But a nurse came in in, in Korea that was a Christian, told him about he said, I wasn't a believer in Jesus. I forget what religion he and he wasn't even faithful to it but he said she shared Christ with him he received Jesus as his savior then she prayed for his healing and who who knows when you pray like that what God is going to do with the person you're praying for (laughs) amen God raised him up and used him for many many years and there's a mighty revival going on around the world. And this, this Christmas season, let's celebrate our reconciliation to God. Amen. If he had not came, he could have never paid the price necessary for our sins. But thank God he came to Bethlehem. Thank God he stayed on the cross at Calvary. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Christmas medley. Are you ready to sing a little bit while you're seated? Have you got any song in you? Did you bring a praise to the service? Thank you, Jesus. We love you so much, Lord. Hallelujah. Somewhere a king is born, it will be next, and we will have fellowship and uh, maybe one more to fellowship with each other before we fellowship around some good treats today on this wonderful, wonderful Christmas Eve. Thank you for taking time to be here today. I remember, I, got a, I told you about it, but I want to tell you again, I got a call from one of the, he called himself, long-haired hippie freaks that came to our church during the Jesus movement of the 80s. Uh, came from a coffee house ministry where he'd given his heart to Christ. We welcomed them into our congregation. He called me after all these years. He said, if you see a little gray hair, now he's younger than me, obviously, uh, even though I was young in the 80s, but <laughs> because I came to the church in the 70s to be pastor, getting ready to celebrate 50 years of pastoral ministry. 
that's a long time. 60 years of marriage headed for 61, closer to 61. That's a long time to be married to the same lady and both of us still be here to share Christmas. But if, how many times? Well, more than 60. Anyway, no, less than 50. Anyway, a bunch of, t- see, it gets all complicated. But that's my wife right there of 60 years and counting. We're not a cult. I didn't run off of the piano player. We, we, we pray that we're biblically sound enough to preach in any church that would let us. Amen. If they believe the Bible. So we don't just preach our, you know, part of it that we, we zero in on. We preach the whole of it. And God has opened many doors because of that for us to share the gospel. Amen. But anyway, he called and he said, I'm going to try to come. He lives up in North Florida. He said, but I, I saw a film about the Jesus movement in the 80s. And I said, I, I was part of that. And I know a pastor that was part of that. And he said, you welcome us long-haired hippie freaks into your church. And he said, I know it cost you to do that because some people, because we welcomed them and baptized them in water and uh, let the Lord take care of the hair and all of that. We didn't try to sanctify them to get them saved. We tried to get them saved and let the Lord sanctify them. We had a deal with God. We'll catch them. You clean them. Can you say amen? <laughs> because that's how it's supposed to work. If we don't welcome people in to hear the gospel, uh, then <laughs> then they're not able to come to Christ. But anyway, he said, I want to thank you for welcoming us. I want to thank you for baptizing us in water. I want to thank you for bringing the word of God to get us on a strong foundation. And he's still serving God to this day. And said, I'm going to come and visit you some Sunday. Says, you probably won't recognize me. He said, I'll be the little old gray-haired man sitting in the back. And I said, well, you may not recognize me because I'll be the little gray-haired preacher preaching up front. So (laughs) we'll have to introduce ourselves to one another. And who are you? (laughs) And who are you? (laughs) Okay, like a high school reunion at my 50th. Who are these old people? Where did they come from? We're headed for our 60th, and I don't know if we're going to have one because I don't know if there's enough of us left to get together. Amen. Getting close to home getting close to home today but God was moving God was moving I remember my son and I Alan we we took a pup tent we thought we could sleep out where they had a big Jesus movement up in Orlando and everybody came and stayed in tents slept in their cars and and just had an outdoor big service several thousand people we slept in a pup tent and I was sore the next morning and my son was sore and he was way young then but we were all sore but we had the most wonderful outdoor praise and worship and preaching of the word to get that many people hungry we saw that move of God and that many people coming to know Jesus and I'm I'm praying again it's not too late for that kind of revival and move of God it's happening on college campuses across America not all of them but there's these pockets of revival 200 people baptized in one campus 
got a, a, a revival in Kentucky that they had a revival before, had another one where they went into the chapel for a hour chapel service and they couldn't leave because the presence of God was moving. Others came and they just stayed worshiping the Lord. God is on the move in spite of all the junk that's going on and distractions. There is no Christmas celebration in Bethlehem. Because of the war and the threats and all of the things that go with it. It's a, it's a terrible time around the world. And to look at many Christians today, it's a terrible time in their life. Let me remind you, God is with you. He's here. Amen. Didn't say you wouldn't go through the fire. In fact, as you promised you would. When you go through the fire, not if. Think it not strange, the fiery trial that's come to try you, some strange thing has happened to you. He didn't come for you to live in a bubble, but to demonstrate the power of his kingdom, even in the fiery trials of living in a faulty body in a fallen world. When you go through the fire, it shall not kindle upon you. And when you go through the flood tides and the flood waters, they shall not drown you and overwhelm you. Why? Because I am with you. You. If you're in the fiery trial, here's the way to escape the result that Satan's counted on, and that's you getting discouraged and questioning God and throwing away your faith. Think it not strange, the fiery trial. This is a bad one that you go through. As some strange thing has happened to you that you're unique, everybody else using their faith to not go through anything. Honey, that's not where faith really, really pays off. It's when you go through it and you stand in faith in spite of it. Amen. If you're going to lose your joy because of the trial, you have no strength to endure the trial. All you're asking God to do is help you escape it. Listen to the Scripture. I wish it was that. I see exit doors right here. Two of them. Big green exit doors. If we need to get out of this room, it's clearly that we can get out. But you can't get out of trials. I heard a mouse say amen back there, but I didn't hear much people say it. We don't, I don't want to go through no trial. I'm looking for the exit. The way of escape. When I hear escape, I see the exit. I want God to take me from, not take me through. The Apostle Paul said, I prayed three times to get out of the persecution. It's in the way of my ministry and God's purpose for me. Prayed three times and nothing happened. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. When God did finally speak to Paul, he said, listen, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is perfected in weakness. And it changed the way he prayed. Changed his perspective. He said, if that's how it works, I'm going to take pleasure in these persecutions for his sake I'm going to take pleasure in the testing and the trials that that was such a pressure I prayed to be delivered from I'm going to what's the devil going to do if you take pleasure in that if you look him in the eye in the midst of trial say is that all you got because you have such victory in Jesus and you're aware of his presence with you and there is a fourth man in the fire don't don't look for the way out of the fire. Look for the fourth man in the fire, and you won't fear the fire. The Bible said when they came out of the fiery furnace, what is it? When you go through the fire, it won't be kindled on you. 
It will not burn you up. You'll be in it, but it will not destroy you because there's somebody with you in that trial. It may not seem like it. It may not feel like it. It may not look like it, but it's a fact, Jack. Can I say that? Thank you. I said it anyway. Think it not strange. You're not unique. The fiery trial that you go through. Think it not strange. Think it not strange. You're not unique. You see these preachers on television. I deal with pastors, have for many years. I minister sometimes to 60 ministers. And you know why they listen? Because I've made it for 50 years and I'm still standing. And there's a whole lot of people don't make it. 3,000 pastors leave ministry. Some of them were not called, obviously. It wasn't what they thought it was going to be. But if you're really called and you're really anointed, the devil's going to fight you every step of the way. Brother Rumble, you got it made now. You're pastor for 50. Honey, the devil, he'd stop me till today if he possibly could. But there's a fourth man in the fire. The trials still come. They're all fiery. They're meant to destroy consume think it not strange when that occurs but god it doesn't even tell you yet to be faithful until you accept this but god is faithful if it said be faithful before it told you that it's his faithfulness that is going to keep you faithful if you trust him in it but god is faithful you're where's your focus now it's not on you and your ability to stand it or endure it that's why Paul said, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me because God is faithful when the trials come. God is faithful to Paul. And he said that the power and the glory of Christ may rest upon me. If, if going through this is going to glorify Him and it's going to be for my good and His glory, he said, I'm going to take pleasure next time. I feel the pressure coming because God is going to take me through instead of take me from. Amen. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted above that that you are able, literally enabled by His grace in His presence. Because you're not able to bear anything. You really want to bear it? Okay, give me a good amen. One that's worth. You're not able to bear what the devil's going to try to do in and of yourself and your own religious resolve it's going to take grace my grace is sufficient for you amen i told you about my uncle married the spindly girl bony maroney in person after five years of marriage she was a big gal and he used to say i prayed for more grace got it Amen. I pray for more grace all the time. God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted above that that you are able to bear, who will with the temptation. It's still there. The test is still going on. Make a way of escape. Don't look for the exit. Don't look Don't look for the exit. That's not we're not done yet. That scripture's not through yet. We're bad about that. We see escape and we're looking for the exit out of the trial. Because if we, if He's going to grow us, He's going to take us through 
some things, not always keep us from. You can't live in a bubble by a highly hyper-developed faith. It takes more faith to go through than to believe God to take you from. It takes a whole lot more faith to trust Him when you pray and He don't take you from. And what now? Look for the fourth man. Look for the fourth man. Look for the fourth man in the fire. Because He's with you when you don't feel like He is. When He's with you when the circumstances doesn't seem to say that He is. Lo, I'm with you always. Unto the end of the age. Turn cowards into courageous warriors for Jesus, even martyrs for Jesus. And it was the promise of His presence after the resurrection. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Listen, let's do it in context. Then we're gonna we're gonna sing a song from the eighties, worshiping God down in Africa. I love the way they worship down in Africa. Praise God. Hallelujah. Think it not strange the fiery trial that's come to try you is some strange thing has happened unto you, but God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted above that. It's unique. It's personal. He knows what you're capable of. He knows what your faith level is. It's all conditioned upon what He knows about you and me. Have you ever heard it quoted this way? He won't put on you any more than you can bear. Well, He don't put on you. God cannot be tempted with evil, James said in the book of James. Neither tempteth He any man. But every man is tempted when he's led away of his own lust and enticed. God is not the tempter. The devil's the tempter. God is the one that is faithful in the midst of the testing. Praise God. He will not allow you to be tempted above that that you are able to bear, but will with the temptation, it's still there. Make a way of escape. Don't look for the exit. Look for the fourth man. If you've got that, we'll hurry and finish and have plenty of time for fellowship. Did you get that? He'll make a way of escape that you might be able to bear it or bear up under it. I, I, I don't want to hear a preacher preach on faith that hasn't gone through something. I don't care to hear a young man out of Bible college that's never been tested preach about how to get through trials. Because he hasn't been tried and he hasn't been proven. He hasn't went through anything and he can't relate to somebody going through. He'll just tell you, just believe God. Hallelujah. Get your faith out there. You don't have to take that. Rebuke the devil. Believe God. Paul did it all and heaven was brass until he sat down in the presence of God and waited and God told him, you know what? My grace. I'm not going to take this away. And you can see it in his life. You can see it in his life. I was shipwrecked three times. Wrote 13 of the 27 books of the New Testament. Really? Really want to be an apostle? Do you really? Really want to put that on your card? I was shipwrecked three times. I was in the deep for a day and a night. In other words, I was in the water rescue, but a day and a night, I was in the deep. I was stoned and left for dead. You really want to put that on your business card? Seriously, you want to follow Paul? One guy wanted to. His name was Demas. He said, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. You, you, you got to be ready to sell out to God to, to really follow 
the apostolic, the true apostolic ministry. You don't get to fly in a jet and you don't have to get to stay in the Conrad Hilton. You don't have to, you don't get to eat prime rib every night. You don't get rich and live in a mansion here. You lay up your treasure there if you're going to follow Paul's example. I was beaten with rods three times. I received 39 stripes of the Jews on five separate occasions. And he says, and we all ought to be convicted by this. I'm not going to complain about it. I'm glorying in the fact that if this is what it takes for his power, the power of Christ, the grace of God to develop in me, then I'm going to take pleasure in necessities and persecutions for his sake. And that's why it did not defeat him. Amen. God takes you through to develop you. And you come out how from the fiery furnace? How did they come out? Because they see the fourth man was with them. It said they came out without even the smell of smoke. Now I'm going to tell you something to the smokers. You can chew your gum. You can take your Tic Tacs. It settles on your clothes. It settles on your hair. And when I hug you, I smell it. I say, I don't say anything about it. It's just a habit. It needs to be broken. I had it. I know how driving it is. But to come out of where they were without even the hint of smoke... It was so convincing that the king reversed his decree when he saw them go through and God take them through supernaturally. He said, you know the gods we want you to worship? No, no. Their God is the true God. Their God is the living God. And now when you hear the sound of all these instruments, bow down and worship the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego because He's the real deal. God take you through a trial... People see you go through what would have devastated them and He gives you the grace to come through and give God praise anyway. You're the real deal to the world. And you have a witness and you have a testimony and you have an opportunity to comfort one another with the same comfort wherein you are comforted of God. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I don't want to go through a trial. But I don't, I don't get to choose that. My Father chooses what I go through. But one thing for sure, no matter what I'm facing, there's a fourth man in the fire. God, Emmanuel, God is for us and God is with us today. So when we leave here, I hope you can leave, even if you're in a fiery trial, that you can learn how to praise God in the midst of it and how to thank God in the midst of it. And how to serve God in the midst of it. Cause He'll take you through. And you won't be, <laughs> you, you're gonna be better and not bitter if you let Him take you through it. Amen. <laughs> and you'll look back on it and say to the devil, is that all you got? Can you say, man, no, it's not all he's got. He's got plenty more coming. But I'm going to tell you something. The same God took you through this. Same God that took you through that. Same God that took you through this is going to take you through that. In Jesus' name. He's a right here, right now, Emmanuel, God with us. So, King was born down in Bethlehem. You ready to give him some heartfelt praise, even if you're in a trial? Yeah.
um, the open heart. Yeah. Uh, that night, when I didn't think I could stand it. Yeah. I really didn't think I could stand it. Right. So I found out I could. Yeah. And you wouldn't have known it. And and you you were over in a chair sleeping. Uh huh. And I was laying in that bed with that stuff going through my veins that yeah. was making me feverish. Yeah. My nose got. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I just feel nobody wants to go through that. We all know. That's right. But if you keep your eye on the Lord, yes. When you come out on the other side, yes. That's a that's a lesson and a strength that nobody can take away from you, and you can't get. Yeah. Unless you do go through that. Trial. Right. But I, I thought I couldn't do that. Yeah. It was so bad. But I had um, AFib and they couldn't get my heart to convert Reg- right. back into a normal rhythm. And they had to give me three bottles in the IV. They had to put a, a port in my neck and run a wire directly into my To heart the heart. Because if it had went through my veins, it was so powerful, it would have eaten my veins. Yeah. And I would have had all kinds of... Yeah. But, but it went straight in, and the, there was no pain putting a port in my neck and in my heart. Isn't yeah. that amazing? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the people were just so, so good. Yeah. But I'm laying in that bed all night long. Yes, yep. It was dawn. It was three bottles. I was just finishing the third bottle of that drip. Right. And my heart converted. Yeah. We had a monitor right there. Yeah, we saw it convert. All night long. Yeah. The monitor was right there in front of us. And and my heart converted. And I was still got, I'd heard her talking on the phone to the doctor saying, Doctor, this is the third, third. And said, uh, I may have to shock her. Stop and, the heart, restart my, my image was, oh my God, I just <laughs> had my chest. Yeah. <laughs> my chest cut open and you're going to shock me. <laughs> yeah. my, my heart will jump out of there. Yeah. And uh, then she laughed and told me later, no, it's not that kind of yeah. shock. But anyway, um, it converted and she came in, the nurse did, that was with us all night long. And she was so happy. Yeah. And I was so happy and... Because it, it puts you in a sweat. It's some sort of really powerful stuff. And I yeah. was sweating and they can't give you water. They can't yeah. give you ice. They can't do anything yeah. to soothe you at all. And so I felt like a baby in a bed just, yeah. you know, and he's yeah. on the side asleep freezing. Yeah. He had his head covered up. He yeah. was just so cold. And there I was, you know. But I kept thinking, I can't do this. I can't. But... You can. Yeah. And there's a point come to where you know. Gracious. Okay. Yeah. I don't care what I feel yeah. in my flesh. I can do this because God is with me. Fourth man in the fire. I already talked to him. Yep. <laughs> I already repented. I already done everything. Yeah. Everything. That's how I, uh, yeah. The channel open. And uh, I told him, I said, I know this is nothing to compare what you went through. Yeah. Yeah. So 
helped me to be a good Christian. Yeah. A good daughter. Yeah. And bear this. And he did. Hallelujah. And it's when we come through, we realize the good that it did us. Yeah. You know? It's yeah. Not when you're feeling it, but when you, when you come through it, yeah. Yeah. And his grace is sufficient. Yes, Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Well, now you eat some good word, go eat some good treats, <laughs> and have a cup of coffee of Java. Amen. And, and blessed Christmas. It's going to rain tomorrow, and a cold front's coming after Christmas. It's going to get good and cold like Christmas.